You've been getting really liberal with that word these past few days, like week almost. Yeah, I feel like I've been called a cunt at least once a day, or at least every other day. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you guys are. Bunch what happened last night? Of. Oh, hang on. So, I needed to tell you guys something. Kayla said this to me the other day while we were on our morning walk, and it just made like something clicked for me that had never really clicked before. So I need to preface this story by telling you another story. So when I was a young boy, a young boy. Yeah. Um, I did not get taken into the city. I got taken to the mall that was up the street and I got a job. Okay. (laughs) And while I was uh, there, I worked uh, for a company named Puma. Uh, so if you want to pay me, Puma, for sponsorship. Shut the uh, fuck up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I worked with this guy named Blair, and he said to me one day, if people are being assholes or whatever, we call them see you, see you next Tuesdays. And I was like, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so like I thought that was very clever, right? I I thought that was so fucking clever, but something always bothered me. See you next Tuesday. We weren't guaranteed that those customers would come back in, you know, on Tuesday, yeah, yeah, or on Thursday for that matter, right? Right. (laughs) Well, the other day, Kayla and I are walking, and she's talking about this like fucking just horrific client. Just absolutely horrific client. And she says something to me uh, that um, just kind of like shook me. She said that she, I, I don't remember if she said that she told the client this or if she was talking about it later and she referred to it like this, but she said about the client see you next time. That's better. Isn't that so much better? That's that's much, much better. Because it actually makes sense. Like, yeah. I will see you next time, and it still spells out cunt. It does. And I fucking hate that the U is an actual abbreviated U, and it's not the word U, but you know what? I, th- I still think it's kind of cute. They made the word cunt kind of cute. Yeah. See you next time, smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever say that to your to the customers who are like really pissing you off up at customer or at, sorry guest service? Oh wait, you can't say that because uh, oh wait, hang on, no, so, you still can't say that. They're just guests and yeah. Well, <sighs> this is that was funny. Thing. I was in I was in the store the other night. It was last night because I was buying stuff for a game we're not going to talk about. But um, oh yeah, so there was a new trainee in the store walking with uh, the security person. And the new trainee said, you know, customer. And, you know, our store is very big on not saying that word. And then uh, the the security person was like, yeah, we don't say the C word here. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> just not that one. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You're not allowed stuff. to call them a customer? Oh, thank God. You finally contributed something. Okay. I, for like a half a second, I thought he was going to say, wait, you're not allowed to call them cunt? <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, you can't call them a customer? 
No, they have to be guests. That's stupid. have to be yeah. guests. The the funniest thing no. about that is that like the customers, and I said customer, they all know that they're customers. Oh yeah. They uh, they all fucking know that shit. You can treat them as guests if you would like, but bro, they are customers. <laughs> oh yeah. They know what the fuck they are. Uh. Yeah, but I, I need to shut my mouth before I say something that gets me in a place where I'm no longer employed. Where do you want uh, to go? No one from uh, listens Walmart. to this. Oh, shit, that's weird. <laughs> Awkward. Imagine Awkward. this is the first one. <laughs> Dude, there's 60 other episodes of me behaving myself, so let's just go focus on those. Not, not only that, but also I'm the one that's saying everything. <laughs> right, that's true. I advocate for none of this. Except uh, fucking all of it. What are you going to do, bitches? The fuck are you going to do? All right, let's start this shit before I get too ornery. <laughs> wow. I did not say horny, Austin. I know. I wish he did, though. Listening to Haunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. We've got a great topic of the show. We're going to be doing a deep dive into some, um, I, I hope, lesser known gaming titles. And we're going to talk about those. Uh, <clears throat> we're also going to talk about the media that we've encountered over the past week. All the games we've been playing, and of course, we will have our regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined as almost always by my two co-hosts, Dylan Apex Predator Martin and Austin Apex Prey Stevens. <laughs> uh, how is it going tonight, fellas? Wait, wait. Mm. It's going great. Okay. I feel good, man. Good. I'm glad awesome. that you feel good. Yeah, finally feeling, well, physically feeling better after all my shit, but I, I'm feeling good. Yeah, good. good. Mentally fucking tired, but, you know, <clears throat> adult. Yeah. Kind of. The huge. Yeah. Hmm. Austin's doing good. Yeah. Austin is not even really existing. here right now. <laughs> He is existing. The, uh, the, I'm here. What are you talking about? <clears throat> what? Hmm? What's going on? Maybe I misheard you. I don't know. Austin took something personally that you didn't even say. I guess I did. No, my <laughs> kids are screaming. I don't know what's happening, but it's kind of spooking me. Oh, uh, that's not good. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check on that. You, you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I love everything about that. What if that was the last thing that we ever heard him say? Uh, right? Like funny. we're in a horror movie and he's like, I'm right. going to go check on my kids. And then all of a sudden he's like, bye. Yeah, I don't, I don't do screaming kids. Like even if they're my own, which I don't have any. So maybe that'll change when I have them, but I doubt it. But it's like, if I hear screaming kids, I'm going the other way. Mm -hmm. Is that fucked up? Damn. 
Is that fucked up? Um, uh, yeah. Yes, question mark? No, I don't but it's blame like, you. It's cool. It's about my own survival. See? It okay. worked for him this time. Because <clears throat> if I don't survive, then I can't protect my fucking children. Right? Mm. Uh, sure. That's... I'm not going to have kids. It's not going to matter. Yeah. Don't. I'm not. Good. You shouldn't. Seems like a fin financial mistake. Don't have kids. Oh, boy. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Let me... You know, it's actually not as bad as people make it out to be. Like, financially. Oh, yes, it is. No, it's really not. Uh... Mm. When it comes to, like, their basic necessities, no, it's really not. Yeah, but you don't have to provide just the basic necessities. That's true. You gotta keep them alive. But, like, right... Like... It's only really when they get older they start getting expensive. Yeah, I don't mm. want that either. When they're children, it's not that bad. Mm, uh, I don't know. Especially if you know where to shop. Like, for the basic necessities. That saves you so much fucking money. <laughs> Austin's like, I shop at the dollar store, and that's it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dog. Now, basically, I shop at fucking Aldi, bro. Hey, dude, Aldi, Aldi's not that bad. No, it's not Aldi bad, considered but, like, low tier? Uh, I mean, I think Aldi's great, but a lot of people consider it, like, the poor people grocery store. Really? Yeah, because it's mostly off-brand shit. They don't really have a lot of big-name stuff. I just thought, yeah. I mean, I thought they were, like, I mean, not, But see, like, like, I fuck with them. Like, their shit, like, some of their, some of, like, their brand shit is yeah. better than anywhere else. Like, their fucking milk, that shit's a dollar a gallon. That's what I'm saying. Like, better. they actually have pretty good food. Now, I shop at Publix, but it's, like, I don't mind going to Aldi. I just live next to a Publix. I shop at Publix for meat because I think all the meat is kind of gross. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's like the only bad thing. Their meat's pretty fucking nasty. But if they sponsor the show, then it, it, it's great. Then it's delicious, yeah. Sponsor yeah. us, poor people grocery store. <laughs> Fuck. I think you mean European grocery store. I'm pretty sure they're European. Really? That would make sense. You are blowing my mind. That would make sense. I don't know anything mind. about anything. What I do know is that we watched some stuff this week, Fuck. or we did. Why some would stuff. you just not let us ramble? Come on, Be because I'm trying to keep this one nice and tight. Oh, nice and how you tight, just like in uh, Knocked Up. Um, no, you guys watched some stuff. There's, there's I didn't watch anything. Oh, well, That's we 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 all did some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a better way to say it. Okay. <laughs> Well, Austin, what, what what are you doing? What what you got going on? What am there? I doing? I am prepping for Momocon because that's this weekend, and I'm super fucking excited. I still don't have a schedule put together because it overwhelmed the shit out of me, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just mm -hmm. gonna I'm just gonna go with the flow. I'm just gonna see what's around me while I'm there and just stop at whatever looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, at least for now, we did find a couple of like specific panels that we would really like to go to that I think would be pretty cool. Uh, like apparently on Saturday they're doing like a um, like an interactive thing and it's a uh, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure build your own stand and that sounds really fucking cool. Um, I also want to check out. Apparently they're doing like life size like D and D games, mm. and I, I just want to see how that works. I don't want, I don't want to play it. I just want to watch it happen because it sounds entertaining. Um. And then I have that big uh, Digimon tournament on Saturday that I am still sweating about. I've been sweating about it nonstop for probably Dude, a week I, now. 
I'm not gonna lie. I had a dream after you and I played. Um, like I went to that thing with you, and you fucking wrecked. But you, you also won shit that's not real. So take that yeah. for what it's worth. But no, you fucking killed it in my dream. So that can only mean good things. Great. See, we we have said on this podcast numerous times that you're a borderline prophet. That's true, and so, there is statist- it's statistically proven. It is. So you know what? Maybe that's Just all the don't that's ask all the me hope a I needed. single question about Bloodborne ever coming to the PC because that seems to be the one thing I can't <laughs> get down. It's like that's the one thing I can't get wrong. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Um, no, but I'm feeling, especially after the last few days, I finally figured out how to use the Steam mod for TCG Player to. Or not TCG player, uh, tabletop simulator to like turn it into the Digimon TCG, and I've been playing that a lot with friends. Uh, the specific deck that I built really just for this event, I have been keeping track. I have played 39 matches with, and out of the 39, I have won 33 of them, and I oh, feel like that that's pretty good. That's great, man. That's a pretty strong fucking win record. I feel like those are pretty strong odds. So I'm, Dude. as long as I land in top 16, I'm cool. Because I just feel like it would be cool to get uh, a regional invitation, even if I won't be able to go. Because I'm pretty sure that's in, like, June. And I think it's in, like, Pennsylvania. So I don't know about all that. Um, but if I can get some cool free shit, that would be rad, too. What would a regional victory entail? What would the prize for that be? Um, I think with regionals, with the same thing. I think with top... Uh, it's actually probably lower than that. I think top eight get, like, the world invitation. Hmm. And that's, that's like it. a much bigger thing. You don't get like a, if you place first place, you you you. Oh, you, you probably. Oh, I know. So with regionals, you get free shit regardless of what you do. Like uh, I was looking, they released it a couple of days ago. Like the prize pack. Um, you get like eight packs of promos just for being there. Like just for being even invited, they get mailed to you. You don't even have to actually show up. They just get the participation just gets mailed to you for being invited. Um, and then depending on certain cuts, like your, uh, like top 64, top 32, top fucking 16, 18, whatever, um, there's more participation prizes. And then as you get into like the top four, there's like bigger shit. Okay. Hmm. That end up going for like thousands of fucking dollars if you ever want to resell that shit. What if you place like top three of this thing? Would it? At this? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, top three, I think was, uh, I think it was one booster box, a playmat, like a custom playmat that's only given out to the top eight or top, either top four or top eight. Um, and then you get the regional invite. Would you be with a top three finish? Would you be more inclined to go to that regional thing? Or is it just something that's completely out of the question? Like you're not able to do it. (coughs) Honestly, if I can get top 16, I would try my hardest to go. Okay. If I can even get invited at all, because I don't want to waste the fucking invitation. Right. You know, I want to actually show up to play, but um, I I don't know. It just kind of depends, though. I, I'm confident that I'm going to do really well, but at the same time, this is still such, like, it, it's going to be such a cool experience for me to even do it in the first place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if I don't make top 16, I'm still going to have a good time and probably spend money that I shouldn't spend. Well, good. So, it's all good, either yeah. way. Although good I luck. want a top, that would be sick. I have faith. Hell yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. <clears throat> and yeah, that's it. well. Cool. Uh, did you... I, 
I might have blinked out. Did you? Did you um say which cosplays you're doing for Mobocon? Because I um, remember you had like several different ones picked out. Yeah, we had a lot that we were going through, and so the biggest cosplays that me and Madison wanted to do for this con were we wanted to do JoJo cosplays uh, specifically from Part Five. The problem with doing a JoJo cosplay is these characters aesthetically are just so fucking extra that it was either really really expensive, like in the four hundred dollar range, to like get these cosplays on time or we just weren't going to get them for like several months um and that's kind of on us because we waited so late to the event to do it um mm -hmm. but i know madison's got two cosplays picked out uh and ready for this event she's going to be doing uh, a character named mitsuri from demon slayer and then uh yukiko yamagishi from jojo part four and then i am going to be doing uh giyu from Demon Slayer. I really fucking... I almost caved the other day and bought an, uh, a costume for uh, Aizawa from My Hero, but it it wasn't going to... like the, Even with like the earliest shipping that I could do, it, it wouldn't have gotten here until Sunday. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm not even going on Sunday anyway. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try to go to... We're going to try to go to Dragon Con, which I think is in like September. Um... Mm -hmm. And if we can swing that, then we're going to go ahead and get started on our cosplays for that because we don't want to fuck up like we did this time and wait until the last fucking minute. Um, yeah, for sure. So hopefully I can do some JoJo cosplays and be really extra and, and feel great about it. But, like, they had cheap JoJo costumes that I could buy, but, like, they just, they just looked so bad. They looked atrocious. And then, even then, even with my Giyu cosplay, the one I ordered... Uh, I got it from Amazon, and I can't even... I have to find a different shirt, which I'm probably just going to get, like, a black button-up. Um, the top, like, button-up of the, the of the costume, one, even though everything else was in my size, that shirt felt like it came in a small, so it I couldn't even button the motherfucker. And then I looked at the buttons, and it had, like, the American Eagle holding, like, the olive branch on the buttons. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this doesn't even belong on this fucking costume. <laughs> and I have no idea what that's about. I didn't bother returning it, because I was like, fuck it, I really don't care that much. I'm just going to get a black button up to replace it, because I have everything else. And Madison's actually currently working on styling the wig, because it's very spiky, and it's going to take a hot second. But uh, I'm excited. I'm super stoked for this convention. I want to... Uh, I want to make a lot of content for TikTok of, like, all the different cool things that I get to see. Uh, apparently on Saturday night, they're having, like, a cosplay party, and I've seen videos from previous years, and that shit looks wild. It looks like kind of just a small rave, but in cosplay, and it looks fun. And I'm super stoked to see that. Hell yeah. Well, hopefully I can get some cool content, for at least for TikTok. Fuck yeah, man. I'm I'm excited for you to experience that. Like I said, we we did uh, Dragon Con. And, uh, we take I I mean we did it last year too, but like we only did like almost like a day or two I think. Um, so it wasn't quite the same as when we went back in. I, I think we went in 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. When, when we did that, it was a lot of fun, but it was, um, since then it's been kind of, uh, we haven't had the same, um, 
experience the times that we've gone back. If oh, really? that makes sense. Yeah. Just because we've gone for like lesser time and because it just, for whatever reason, just hasn't been as fun. Yeah. Me, <laughs> Madison made a joke the other day. She was like, I feel like I'm going to have to keep you on a tight leash in case we see anyone in like Evangelion cosplay. And I was like, that's, that's a very <laughs> good idea. Honestly, I don't, I don't blame you for thinking that. I'm, that's what I'm super stoked for too. I'm just, I'm excited to see all these cool fucking cosplays. Like I've seen, like there are people that I've known for years that go to these events and do big cosplays and I'm really excited to like see them all decked out and whatever ideas that they came up with. Cosplaying is just so fucking cool to me and it's something I really want to get into more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Josh, did you, did you know about the like eternal membership for Dragon Con? Yeah, I did. It's uh, $6,000 or something like that, and you get yeah. in for free, like, the rest of the, the time. The time. Or, like, yeah. for as long as it's available or whatever. That's kind of um, wild. It is wild. It's four grand now, so, you know, discount. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot. You get a discount the earlier you buy it each each season or whatever. I want to know how many of those regular tickets also. Yeah, because we were looking it up the other night when Austin was telling me about MomoCon. We were talking about DragonCon, and I looked up the ticket prices. And, like, right now for two tickets for, you know, the weekend or whatever, I think it's 280 mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, that's I'm, not terrible. It's not. I mean, for what DragonCon is, and then, uh, like, the closer you get, I'm assuming that goes up to, like, yeah. what, 200 a ticket probably? Mm-hmm. Uh... In terms of like the the one day pass or whatever, I thought for the weekend is it that ba- I don't even I didn't even see a day pass option when I looked. If I'm being real, no. Yeah, they they have, they have uh, options where you can play uh, or pay to go each um, each day individually, uh, and then they have the the three day weekend pass or I guess it's technically four days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was they, surprised um, at how cheap MomoCon was. Dude, I'm sorry. If you get in early enough, uh, mm-hmm. all of these conventions are relatively cheap. I mean, like, they're well, still right like, now the day before MomoCon uh, to buy a ticket right now for all four days is like ninety bucks. Oh well, it is an anime convention. Anime isn't as uh, yeah. Dragon Con's more yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, um, guys, I watched Army of Darkness. Did you? Are you guys familiar with what this uh, is? No. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Austin, <laughs> have you ever heard of the Evil Dead? Yeah. Or just Evil Dead in general? Yeah. Um, okay. So, that series of movies... Um, started with the evil dead in 81 or yeah 81 and then they did evil dead 2 in 87 and then army of darkness came out in uh february of 93 and army of darkness is the third movie in the uh quote-unquote evil dead trilogy um this movie it have are either of you really kind of aware of what the other um uh, like what the other Evil Deads are like, roughly. Yeah, about the same. Okay, all right. So the first movie was like super 
I, I don't want to say serious because there are definitely things that you can tell that like these dudes were they influenced by n not just like other horror films but they were influenced by like comedy stuff mm. you, and you could really tell that um, but a lot of the stuff is, is really kind of unintentional like it's just they made the movie on, I think, a budget of, like, $300,000. I mean, like, it was the most absurdly low-budget thing that you could, like, fucking look at in, you know, 1981. Um, and uh, when they finally got around to making Evil Dead 2, it was a sort of, like, actual studio movie. Like, you, um... Who was it? Uh, I forget. I forget who who it was that produced uh, Evil Dead Two. But I, either way, you know, it was a, it was a much bigger deal than the than the first movie, and there was more, you know, invested into it and and whatnot. And um, it really amped up the comedy elements a lot. Like it's so gratuitous in its violence that it becomes funny like it's not even like scary anymore it's just like comical like there's this one scene in particular that always like it literally never fails to make me laugh but it's this scene where um this i i, I forget her name this woman is um like holding on to her boyfriend i think who has kind of fallen into the cellar and uh, he is being dragged into the cellar by um, uh, one of the deadites. And blood is just like, when I say gushing, I don't even mean like, like little, like, you know, you'll watch a horror movie and it's like little spurts of blood and people will call it gushing. I mean, it's like a, like a fucking fire hydrant gushing. We're talking like Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Johnny Depp bed yeah. sequence. And it, like, it's that sort of stuff that, like, the Evil Dead series kind of, like, I guess, built its name on, if you want to say that. And when you get around to Army of Darkness, it is gone almost full into the comedy realm. It's much more of a, um, like, an Arthurian legend, like, fantasy comedy type thing. Yeah. And it is really really fucking funny uh there are like little bits that are like ripped straight out of the three stooges in here um like curly Murley or what is it curly larry and mo i think yep. uh where like they'll deadites will be like poking ash in the fucking in the the eyeballs and the ears and shit like it's just <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous um I really have had a lot of fun watching this movie. Uh, it is still maybe my least favorite of the 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 trilogy. Um, just it's not that there's anything necessarily wrong with it. It's just that the comedy for me doesn't work as well as the horror bits in it. Um, and the horror bits are kind of like less involved than the first two movies. Um, 
I I tend to like the first one the best because it it is like they are earnestly trying to make a horror movie and that's where I think I feel most comfortable and I like these guys wanted to make comedies like that's that's the entire reason that Evil Dead actually got made weirdly enough is they had a couple of different like student films that they were working out and uh, they weren't working for whatever reason like um, people just were not paying attention to them at all and then there was uh, I think I think the student film was called It's Murder and there was a sequence in it where there was like a jump scare and it actually affected people in the in the theater that were watching it and they are like oh we got a reaction oh let's just let's do that let's make a horror movie and um that's that's where the evil dead came from but uh like even though they are they had originally intended to do comedies and like that's what they felt like was in their wheelhouse I actually think that their filmmaking is way stronger when it comes to the horror stuff like don't get me wrong I 100% laughed and was thoroughly entertained during the watching of this movie but I really think that the Evil Dead as a film is much much stronger than anything in Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness uh I don't know. Maybe that's a personal preference type thing, but like I don't know. That's that's how I feel. Um Yeah. So, but it was fun. It's on HBO if you're looking for a good laugh. Like I 100% would recommend this movie. I think that this movie is like really ridiculously fun and it's a lot to take in for sure. Yeah. But I I don't know I I had a, a a real a real good time with it so I just like that it pairs a good laugh with copious amounts of waterfall blood. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. is ridiculous with that fucking that sequence in Evil Dead Two man is is stellar I I fucking love that shit. But yeah, good stuff on HBO Max. Check it out there or don't I don't care no. <laughs> Or don't. It's kind of up to you. I mean, Whatever actually. you want to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. You you do you, bud. Um. Dylan, did you 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 said you didn't do anything? I really right? didn't do shit. Um. Like dead ass. I mean, my whole week has been fucking working Apex Legends. Okay. I mean, hundred percent. But you um, did get I, farther in Demon Slayer. I did actually. Just to touch on that real quick, we uh. We ate some dinner last night, and I'm, when I tell you, Sabrina and I played for close to doesn't matter how many hours yesterday. Yeah, you guys we were needed for a, a hot fucking minute yesterday. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We probably played close to 10 hours yesterday. Damn. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. We just never have days where we sit down and play games like that. And we're, you know, we're like, let's just fucking do it. Like, we didn't have to, anything else to do. We had the dogs and shit, but, you know, they they got walked. They got fed. Yeah, fuck. <clears throat> but we did, you know, dogs. also decide, you know, at some point, food's probably good. Um, so we sat down. We watched 
the third episode of Demon Slayer. I was only planning on watching one, and then we're like, okay, we need to watch another one. And then we watched another one. We watched three episodes last night. Uh, I told Austin through text, Demon Slayer now has my attention. Uh, that shit got real good real quick. Um, I, I like the stories that are being fleshed out right now. I like that, hey, I can finally remember Tanjiro's name because I actually have a little <laughs> bit of a connection with him now. Um, but That's no, dude, I, I don't I don't have much more to say other than it, it it really did start to like open up its story a little bit and it was it's rewarding. I, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch it as we have time when we're not playing Apex. Um, <laughs> Every no, single dude, time I, I picked up my fucking PS5 controller to look at the T V <laughs> for something, it was just you playing Apex all day long. <laughs> Dude, we were on it for so long, man. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been playing throughout this whole podcast. Oh, we're sure. We I know just, that. It's, I'll talk about it later. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> greatly enjoying uh, oh, yeah. Demon Slayer now. So thank you for that. And I watched a little more of Ozark. But like I said, I mean, you see where my hands have been this week. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yep. All right. Well, um... With that said, let's get into our uh, topic of the show. Um, this year has seen a ton of AAA games release. Um, I mean, like, ridiculous amounts of AAA games. Uh, and I, I know that some of it, it for sure is just because of all of the delays last year and whatnot. Um, but like they're dominating the sales charts, right? Like it's just that that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and they've really, I feel like come to define what the year in gaming 2022 has been thus far. Um, and what's been missing has been those kind of top tier indie games from years past. Uh, you know, I think back to stuff like, uh, I don't know, what was some stuff like late last year? Uh, there was, you know, um, Cyber Shadow, I think was a January release. There was stuff like in, uh, Before Your Eyes, Mundan, Lupiro, Habroxia 2. Uh, you know, a bunch of stuff had released. And, you know, there have been games this year, you know, Trek to Yomi just came out. Nobody Saves the World, uh, Tunic, Weird West. They've gotten attention from press outlets. And, you know, what was it, like two weeks ago from when we were recording this? Nintendo had its indie showcase. Mm -hmm. So it's not like indies have been on the back burner. But in regards to what's come out thus far, it has been, I feel like, a little bit lackluster, especially when you compare it to last year. So, with that relative lack of quality titles this year and a relatively nice lull in AAA releases coming right now, we thought it would be the best time to talk about some of our favorite indie games so that you, fine listener, can maybe try them during the relative slow period of gaming this year. Uh, it also just so happens to be the patron-voted topic for the month of May. Every month, our patrons decide what one of our topics for the month will be, and we make that happen. So if you are interested in being part of that, or being part of the show, for that matter, 
then go over to patreon.com slash culturepop and consider patronage so that you too can be part of our show and community. So, without further ado, let's get into it. There we go. Um, how do we want to start this, boys and girls? Hmm. I mean, in regards to who goes first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you guys have a preference? No. Top. No, I'll go first. Um, okay. My list kind of uh, tweets halfway through this week just because I was like, I did pick Stardew, but everyone's heard me talk about Stardew. I can talk more about it now that I've actually finished the game, um, at least in, you know, in the regards that you can finish it. Um, it's fantastic, and I recommend it to everyone. But I started thinking about it, and I was like, a game that I didn't really get to emphasize enough like how much I actually enjoyed it last year was Solar Ash. And uh, Solar Ash is a game developed by Heart Machine. Also, shout out to them because they actually, uh, what did they do, Josh? They like liked uh, our post and retweet or reposted it on their Instagram or something, mm-hmm. yeah, which was pretty cool. So that's awesome just to have that connection with an indie dev like that. But uh, uh, this was their next game after Hyper Light Drifter. And that's also, like I just said, it was the game that won um, our choice for Best Art Direction last year. Which, mm-hmm. And honestly, if we're going to start talking about this game, that's probably the best place to initiate a conversation. Um, I, am, I remember like immediately booting up the game, and it's the first thing that I met with, and it was this rich world of like any imaginable color. I remember... I remember taking a few moments just to like process everything that I was seeing and it was just beautiful. Like you, I just stood there for a little bit um, and just kind of took everything in. But on top of the beauty, you know, while I was just watching everything, I was doing it by essentially skating across the top of these like different worlds that you visit. Um, I love games where movement feels like something the developers put effort into. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Um, you play as you play as Ray, and she's a void runner who's ventured into a black hole for <sighs> there's story reasons I won't really touch on because this game is one that's easy to pick up and experience all within a day or so. And I hope by us doing this episode, more people may be inclined to do so. Um, so I don't want to spoil too much in the story, but <sighs> just moving on past that, like the world is full of these little. Like little collectibles you can skate around and gather and it that itself can keep me engaged like that's just stuff that i like to do especially when the world is vibrant um i just it kind of lets you mindlessly play but ultimately the most fun i had came from like taking on these colossal boss fights i think i touched on that last year um when we were talking about this for game of the year so they feel incredibly unique um like I said, it's the most fun I had with it. And you're out there, you're, you're not out there in a traditional sense of taking on bosses by like swinging swords or blasting guns, but instead you're skating on the backs of these gigantic beasts. And every single time it's like in a unique pattern, unique to it, no matter how many different stages you go through on that beast, it's a unique pattern every time, at least in regards to, um, it's not like procedurally generated. It's just like through the different phases that, phase as a new um, like platforming essentially that you would have to do mm-hmm. um, speed platforming to, to 
make it even better because you are going quite quickly. Um, and you make it all the way across to these points of contact on the beasts and you wind up damaging them that way. Um, it was a lot of fun, man. It's a game of trial and error. Um, and the errors you make teach you a lesson. And when I was thinking about it, I kind of reflect on it like a Souls game in that regard. It teaches you a lesson for your faults. And I love everything about that. Um, I would really like more people to give this game a shot or at least give some gameplay a visit, whether it be watching it, dabbling in it yourself, whatever it may be. Um, Heart Machine won my Heart Machine with Solar Ash, and I hope it will for everyone else as well. Oh, wow. That was Hell so yeah. passionate. I love that. It's a good game. It's a great game. Yeah, I'll check good, it out. Good game, great Sounds game. <laughs> yeah, good game, great game, perfect game. No, it's not perfect, but it is fantastic. Fantabuloso. Fantabuloso. Ooh. Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor right. us, random cleaning company. Um, <clears throat> I'll go next, uh, since Austin only has two That's right. in his list. Um, my first pick for this, and the one that like immediately jumped to mind, was Inside. Um, and I'm going to actually pair that with Limbo, because I do kind of feel like they go hand in hand. I, I really don't think that you can talk about one without talking about the other. Um, so, yeah, both, are th both of these are from... I believe the name of the studio is Playdead. I'd have to look that up again. But, um, yeah, so same game studio. And um, these guys do these really beautiful, atmospheric, just astoundingly beautiful and downright uh, I, I'd go so far as to say creepy uh, games that are again they're they're platformers um, and their first game was limbo and it's built around a black and white like monochromatic uh, color scale and um it really is one of those games that you I, I I really think that you've got to kind of play it to really understand what makes it so special because it's not just the art direction it's not just the the like visuals it's kind of the whole package all at once and yeah I limbo is really good but inside their second game is even fucking better. I would go so far as to say that it's maybe the best of these modern day platformers that I've ever played. Um, it's probably my game of the year from 2016. Um, I'd have to really like take a look and see what all came out that year again. But I, I remember pretty distinctly it being high on my list of, of games from that year. And 
what I feel like makes Inside so, so incredibly special is that it does all the same things that um, that Limbo does, but the things it it how do I want to how I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this uh, the things that it does different from Limbo it does with like just the most utmost further and just absolute uh, God I, I, I'm trying to think of the way to the best ways to put this but at, at the end of the day everything that inside does it is at the absolute top of its fucking game in in my opinion like I think that the the platforming and the puzzle design in limbo is really kind of second to none honestly I I really think that like the way that the game starts is such a beautiful uh, I don't want to say reminder because reminder is not really the right word, but it's just this sort of like it's a tutorial without being a tutorial. If that makes sense, like everything that you learn in that very first section of the game, it teaches you wordlessly. Like it doesn't tell you, Hey, this is a tutorial. Hey, this is everything that you're going to have to learn. Hey, blah, 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 blah. It just kind of throws you in the situation and says, here you go. And I fucking love that. And not only do I really love it for just the simplicity, but like you learn things in that first little like section that you will straight up just, you will run into again and again and it'll be variations on that thing. And you may not see it at first. And then you'll look back and you'll be like, Oh, Hey, uh, actually, um, I know how to handle this or, you know, something to that effect. Right. And it is just, it is brilliantly designed. I mean, I, I think that it is one of the the best designed platformers th- that that I've ever played and I I really cannot say enough about just how great I think that it is. Um if you haven't played it I I highly highly recommend the game. I I think that it is some of the best game design that I have ever played. <clears throat> just straight up. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, Limbo, I wish I'm one of the, this is my issue, right? It's me, classic Dizzy. Classic Can't finish Dylan. a game. Um, I did start Limbo, and I greatly loved it. I think it's one of the most unique games I've played in terms of aesthetic. Um, and it was quite spooky. Um, and the bit that I did, and it's the shitty thing is, it's a, it's a short game. I could probably finish it in one sitting if I really wanted to. Um, but the bits and bobs that I did play, man. They were wonderful. I never tried inside, but I, I, I remember you played it there for a while. Is that your uh, no no death run? Yeah, I tried doing it. Uh, yeah, because you can't like 
if you get hit, you die. It's it's a one hit KO type thing. Right. So um, it's a no hit run. Yeah. So I so I tried doing a no hit run. Um, I was unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still. I mean, I'm just. I, I I want more people to do that though. Just try shit like that. But that's cool. <clears throat> Who's next? Is it is it him or are we gonna go one more time? Let's uh let's let Austin speak. Fine. Me? Why? Okay. Um, so I don't play a lot of indies. I downloaded a whole, whole bunch over the last couple of days to try to get some in, and due to, uh, external factors, that did not happen. But I have two of my favorites that I've ever played that I can talk about, and the first one is Maneater. I have not finished this game yet. I re-downloaded it yesterday because I'm going to try to get it done over the next couple of days because I really want to fucking play it. Um, it is just dumb fun. It is a shark RPG. You play as a shark, and you just kill a bunch of other fish and people, and you grow and mutate, and that's really all there fucking is to it. Um, like, as, as weird as it sounds, it's it's one of those games that, like, when I come home and I have a really long day, and I don't want to do too much, I don't want to think about it, I don't want to play a game that's going to stress me out, and I have to put that much effort in, I play shit like Maneater, because it's just dumb fun. Um, some of the upgrades are really fucking cool. Uh... Like, as you kill specific predators and, uh, like, specific hunters that are coming after you, uh, you gain upgrades uh, in the form of mutations. And you can give, like, you can make it so uh, you're, you're stealthier and smaller and darker and harder to spot and notice. Uh, you can give him bioelectricity and, like, fucking poison fangs and just wild-ass shit like that. And it's, it's just fun. And, and it's pretty cool that it comes from a local studio, right, Josh? I think you did say that. Yeah, it's a Georgia-based studio. That's awesome. That's really cool. It's a fun game. Give it a shot. I think it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it is, because that's how I'm playing it on PC. But super fun. I don't have too much to say about it, because I'm not done with it. I wanted to get done with it, and that just didn't happen. Um, but it is one that I'm very, very excited to finish. Hell yeah. Man- didn't you play Maneater? Yep, I sure did. Uh, that's what I was literally just about to say. I, I finished it last year as part of the, the 20 Games Challenge. That's um, what it was. Yeah. Everyone that I've heard that plays it says it's fantastic. It is so much fucking fun, and it is so ridiculous. Just Unreasonably fun. Yeah. I, I didn't think that I would like it nearly as much as I ended up liking it. It is a fucking wild ride. I'm going to play <sighs> what it right did, now. You downloaded it on PC from Game Pass? Yeah. Uh, and Josh, where do you have it? Uh, I think they gave it away for free on PS5. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so that's where I got it. Okay. But if it's on Game Pass, I mean, come on. Community <laughs> Man Eater Night. That'd be kind of cool. I've never played it either. I mean, you know, just, just throwing content ideas out there. There you go. It's uh-huh. so fun, dude. Yeah. Uh, also, where where are you at in it? Are you still in the... Uh, like the little, I don't want to call it a pond, but like I have no idea. I'll tell you right now, though. Okay. I'll tell you in like five minutes as soon as it finishes loading. How is the co-op? I've never tried it. I don't know. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't even know, know that, that it had was co-op. co-op. That's I don't weird. Know. Maybe it's split screen. Hold on, because I had friends that I thought were playing it together. Oh wait, wait, wait! I'm thinking of Raft. Thinking of Raft. Is that right? Raft is a game, right? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I think Raft is a game, but uh, there's a... Is it Stranded Deep? Is that the game you're talking about? No, I, th- I really do think it's Raft, because I thought it was Maneater, but I think it's Raft. Okay. I know that... Does this not have... 
No, I was thinking of fucking Raft. I don't know what the fuck Maneater is. I just saw what the cover of it is. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, you should try it. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking. Yeah, it's Raft. It has a shark on there, okay? That's why I thought it was fucking Maneater. <laughs> oh, it's fair. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah, I've heard nothing about Maneater, but Raft, I hear, is good. <clears throat> Maneater's good. I can I can attest okay. to that. It well, is. Shout out the Red Beat Interactive for creating Raft. <laughs> Just. <laughs> uh, oh man. All right. Well, uh, Austin or not Austin, but uh, it's me. Back to me. Back to you. Oakley Doakley. Um, that's the name of a metal band. It is a Ned Flanders themed metalcore band, and they're great. Castle Crashers is the next game that I will. <laughs> I love that he was just like, fuck you guys and your stupid ass fucking. Sound <laughs> out. Uh, Castle Crashers to me is like, I don't have something super deep like I did with Solar Ash, but I mean, it's Castle Crashers is one of the best experiences you can get from for, for me, like in terms of co-op games. Um, if you don't know by now, Castle Crashers is a game developed by the Behemoth, and those are the same devs that brought you Alien Hominid and Battleblock Theater, which isn't Alien Hominid supposed to get some kind of re- like release release of some sort? Yeah. I think like, I so. I need that in my life. I need I need Alien Hominid back. But um Castle Crashers, man, the gameplay is so much fun. And it's so simple. It's like you choose one of four nights. Well, now, actually, if you download it as is, they have so many additional characters that they let you start with. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, like each of those main four nights, they had elemental abilities unique to them. And you're off on an adventure to save the princesses of the land. And that's that's it. That's the objective, to save them from the evil sorcerer. Um but as simple as that sounds, it gets so deep with what it does. Like, the combat is a lot of fun. Even though you're, you know, only confined to, like, a few select abilities, you, they, they expand on it a little bit because they let you find, like, these little pet companions all throughout the world, and each one has its unique ability. Um, and that's, that's something that's so much fun is just looking for these things and trying to find, like, how you can branch out your combat chain even further. And then it's, like, on top of looking for that, like, every enemy you kill, you can probably wind up playing as at some point. And if you, like, if that's not enough, like, you can get their weapons and expand your inventory even further. And you can, like, just try all these different combinations in the game that make it so much fun. But it's just... I don't think it's too slept on. Like, I feel like everyone's at least heard of Castle Crashers. Like, and it's pretty well known, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, but if it's somehow, if whoever's listening doesn't know what it is, it's like give it a shot because it's just mindless fun, and you can sit there for literal hours and just just go at it with a friend, like. Yeah, you can play it by yourself, but I'll, I'll be straight up. I don't think it's worth it to play it by yourself. I think that's a huge part of the charm in this game is just to be able to sit down and play it with somebody. Um, this is a game that Sabrina and I have spent a lot of time in together just because like, she loves it. She grew up playing this. Um, and it's like, it's just I need more mindless fun games like that. But 
Um, super great. And like I said, thank you to the behemoth for giving us that. I wish there was something more coming from them other than like an alien hominid re-release, if that's what it is. If it's a new game, great. But I, I just wish that they, they just gave us more <laughs> because yeah. they are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, fucking, I never played Castle Crashers, but I played Alien Hominid. I like that game. Yeah, I think that game's they, fucking rad. And it's cool because uh, there's a level in Castle Crashers where you're literally, you get abducted into a spaceship, and guess who the fuck's on there? <laughs> it's little Alien Hominids, dude. Awesome. Um, it's fucking great. I, I love every bit of it. And God, I I feel like there's so much I miss that I can just talk on like level design and sound design and all that. Like it, it's it's just so good. Like each new area that you go to is just it's wonderful and new and it never feels repetitive or tiring in any way. It's like fun from start to finish. It's just it's it's impeccable. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, you know, I guess. I'll have to try that out with the inevitable re-release that I'm sure that it'll get. Yeah, I got a 2015 like re-release with all the like new characters that you can play as to start. I think it was 2015. Um, you can download it on like PlayStation, and I think it says Castle Crashers like remastered or re-release or something like uh-huh. that. I don't know. Yeah, but it's great. Austin, did you ever play it? No. No, I did not. I feel like I maybe I overestimated how many people have actually played Castle Crashers. No, I, I think that you perfectly estimated. I just think that it is something weird that Dylan and I or not Dylan and I, but Austin and I just for whatever reason, our insane asses never got around to playing yeah. it. Dude, yeah. especially because you like to play games with Josie. It's fun as hell, man. Like you could download that and have a great time with her. Oh, yeah. You have to draw that. Yeah. Who's next? Josh? I will go next. Um, So my next pick is a little multiplayer game, kind of similar to what you guys have got going on with uh, Overcooked. So Overcooked is a, uh, I believe it is couch co-op only, but it it might also be um, online co-op. And the basic premise is that you are a, um, uh, I mean, a chef, and you're having to create meals and stuff like that for uh, for people, obviously. And, um, like, you're tasked with creating those and getting them out in a timely manner. And um, it... The gameplay, it's hard to describe what the gameplay is because it's so, I guess, strange isn't the right word. Um, but it is very, uh, it's it's not, it's played on, on two sticks and it is such a insane little like thing where you have to, you have to chop up onions or tomatoes or, uh, you know, you have to pound out beef and then you have to put it all in like a pot and like boil it. They have stuff later with like pizza and like they have all these different ingredients that you have to make these dishes with. And <clears throat> excuse me, 
Um, and when you end up doing it, you have to get it out to the customers in a timely manner before they get pissed. Uh, and if you don't, you lose out on, on a big tip and how you pass levels is, is through the, uh, is through the sort of like tipping system. And it is hectic and insane. And it is one of the most fun co-op experiences I have ever had in my entire life. Uh, me and Kayla will play that shit together. And it is just, it is so goddamn fun, dude. It does get a little bit fucking infuriating. I'm not going to lie. Um, like there are times where I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to fucking break this game. I'm going to fucking just destroy it. If it doesn't like, I, I guess cooperate. That's not, that's not really the right way to phrase it, but like, there are sequences where I'm just like, bro, why is this so fucking hard? And those sequences really fucking frustrate the shit out of me. But as an overall sort of like, I am playing this game and I'm playing with Kayla and I'm having a blast sort of thing. It is so much motherfucking fun to play. It is ridiculous. And I, I really think that's the only way or the only proper word to describe what the game is. It's just ridiculous. It is actual insanity the entire time that you're playing it. And when you can get more than just one or two people playing, it's even more fun. And yeah, I, I fucking adore overcooked uh so that's what i'm watching now is like it's being played with four people um this is my first time ever seeing gameplay for this like i've never watched it so can you create your own character is that why there's like different looking people in here uh you don't create your own character um there's like a pre-made list of characters that you kind of like cycle through okay. yeah but they're so varied like there's a raccoon there's a dog there's a cat there's a a little dude in a wheelchair well, yeah that's um, what i was looking at that's why i was asking because i thought they were able to like customize and like if you were ha if you did happen to be in a wheelchair like you could make your own but i'm still glad that they put someone in a wheelchair yeah. there anyway because that's like that's really thinking for you know about diversity and inclusion right there so that's really cool mm -hmm. awesome it looks fun dude i'd play the hell out of this but oh, it yeah. looks like chaotic like there's a there's like a level that they're on and like it's i guess obviously a kitchen but it's being split in half by an earthquake and then like <laughs> two sides just like what the fuck is happening yeah dude there's the people right next door eating like nothing is going on yeah. in the kitchen <laughs> yeah it's it's like i said it's ridiculous man there's a there is one level in particular that is a space station where it is I guess kind of like being ruptured or whatever. So like space is sucking you out, but like <laughs> you have to close off the separate rooms that you're going into. Like it's, uh, it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, this is crazy. I love it though. I would play this. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, 
Austin? Austin? Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. Um, yeah, the only other game I put on this list was Hades. Um, because I think out of probably every indie I've ever played, even though it's a small list, uh, Hades is one of the top, man. I fucking... I probably don't have to talk about it too much, because I know the show has been... Or this game has been gushed over on the show so many times, like when it should have won our our uh, award that year, mm-hmm. but Dylan really fucking stopped that from happening. I don't know why you put the blame on me because that was a joint effort, bitch. Was it? I don't remember it that way. I think it was Hello? just you because I there. I remember saying that the game was just as good as Josh was saying it was. I don't remember that, but I do remember <laughs> it did take two out of the three votes. Did not have it win. Either way, it should have won, and it was somebody's bad decision that it didn't. Um, but it's a fantastic fucking game, man. Like, I, it, it, the thing about Hades is, at least for me, it fucking if I even pay more than two minutes worth of attention to that game, if it, it, it's got a fucking hook on me. Like today, I download, I re-downloaded it when I downloaded all these fucking indies, and I was like, okay, I could probably play like you know maybe twenty minutes worth of Hades, and then three hours went by today. And I was like, God damn it. Every fucking time this game gets me. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have only successfully cleared it once. It is. It, I did put it on my challenge list for this year. And I know that you know, we don't necessarily have to play the games we picked. But I still really want to at least be able to say that I fully finished Hades. So I, I'm, fuck it. I'm going to keep that game on that goddamn list. And uh, I hopefully I'll get done. Huh? Because I don't know. I said I would also finish that one because I don't know if you could find another roguelike that you actually enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be uh, pretty difficult. But... Yeah, but that's a testament to Hades, though, because you actually found one that finally, after how long, you can say that you enjoy it. Yeah, honestly. And it's just like everything about this game is fucking wonderful. The level designs are great. The boss designs are great. The character the, the character designs themselves are, are fucking immaculate. Um, I think the art style in this game is absolutely incredible, and this game deserves way more... Even though it did get a significant amount of praise uh, when it came out. I mean, it did so well that uh, not too long after release, it got a physical, which isn't something that a lot of small indie games get. Um, But yeah, super cool. Super fun game. I think it's on everything now. It should be, yeah. Yeah, I know it's on Xbox Game Pass. I know you can get it on PlayStation and fucking Switch and shit. It came out on Switch and PC first, right? Uh, yes, yes. It was originally, if I remember correctly, it was on PC in early access for a very long time. The 1.0 release was only on PC and Switch, and then it came later to um, Xbox on Game Pass and PlayStation. Yeah, super fun fucking game, dude. I'm going to go play that shit some more tonight. That, I love that game. Seriously, I mean, I know you just said it, but goddamn, that game. That's, that's 2019's game of the year, man. Or 2020. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, that game's so hearts. fucking good. It's so good. But Anyway. <laughs> um, I believe that puts us back to your turn right Dylan <laughs> yeah um <laughs> what the fuck you laughing about oh god I do feel like that was my fault but what <laughs> it was your fault you shouldn't feel I... like it it was 
I just took Austin's poor little hand and led him into a dark alley, and I was like, come on. You did. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so my last game is it's, it's both um, Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, so this comes to us from the, the developers over at Moon Studi- Studios. And both The Blind Forest, the first game, and Will of the Wisps, uh, the second game, took me to places I haven't really been in a long time as a gamer. Um, and actually, during Will of the Wisps, maybe, like, maybe even ever. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Solar Ash, and, you know, Austin just talking about Hades, and then before that I had... Uh, you know, Castle Crashers and Josh had Limbo and Inside, like a lot of these games that we're talking about tonight, they have impeccable art design. Um, and Ori is no different. And that art design was the first thing that captivated me. Um, I found myself spending time literally just like simply analyzing the beautiful 2.5D world that we get to explore and, you know, taking note of all the minute details that are there. Like, they put so much time and effort and passion into this art and, like, world that they crafted. It's beautiful, and every new area feels different. Um, But more importantly than that, and I've said this before, but the game just feels good to play. I don't remember when we last talked about this game, but that was my same sentiment then. It feels good to play from the traversability of the world to the combat everything feels fine-tuned and responsive this game feels like a triple a game or maybe the better way to phrase that is this is how a triple a game is supposed to feel yes yes yeah but the storytelling man through oh god it has some absolutely amazing beautiful narration in like a really somber tone and it compels you to move forward to explore more of Ori's story which again just like Solar Ash I'm not going to delve into it now because I implore every single person listening to play these games if you've not already had a chance and dive into what I believe is one of the best told stories in gaming between the two games like definitely play both of them Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um, really kind of don't think that you can play one without the other. No, and I don't think you can finish one and not want to play two. It's that good of a game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, emotions will run all over the spectrum, and that's very much a good thing. You, I, I had them all. I'm not going to lie. Every single emotion that I could express, I probably had it. Even anger and frustration because the combat can be difficult and challenging. And that's good, and it's like it comes down to you. It's a it's a Metroidvania type game, right? Like it's it's gonna punish you, and you're gonna learn, and it's gonna be fun. But between those emotions, like I'm telling you, this story hits on a level that I have not gotten to experience before, and it it swept me. It is truly like it's up there with all the other games I talk about now, like Elden Ring, or whatever the fuck else I I talk about that I love. It's <laughs> one of my favorite games of all time like it it's very hard to beat something like this um you're attached to all of the characters you're attached to the world the soundtrack and combat and the sound design and ultimately it just all culminates down into a fantastic game and i can't wait to see what moon studios is working on for uh private division 
Um, but it is an action RPG, and if that didn't already have me sold on the genre enough, like just for it being an action RPG, the faith that I now have in Moon Studios from delivering two absolute masterpieces of games would have done it instead. So definitely, definitely, definitely check out Ori. It's just phenomenal. Hell yeah. It's on my Could list. It's a game I really want to get to. I, Dude, I encourage it. Like, more than any other game that I've talked about tonight, it's so good. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I I streamed the entire first one. And I think I might have done it with the second one, too. I can't recall. I did do it with the second one. Yeah, um, if you didn't stream the entirety of it, you streamed enough of it to... Yeah, and especially the ending. Like, I'm not going to say anything, but I've... Whew! That ending. <laughs> yep. It is oh, man. intense. It is very intense. Sweet. All right. Well, um, I guess that means it's down to my last pick. And boy, we we we've been on a on a, a nice little like uh, um segue train because uh, you're talking about emotions and stuff like that. Yep. And uh, I am now going to talk about Gone Home. Uh, Gone Home is maybe my favorite indie game ever. Um, I love this game. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Gone Home, uh, it is a little indie game that came from Fulbright Studios. Um, Fulbright was created by the people who um, or parts of the people who worked on Bioshock 2 very specifically the uh, the DLC for Bioshock 2 um, uh, Minerva's Den I think is what it, uh, was what they worked on um, and uh, yeah it is just an astounding work of art um, I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, Gone Home basically is a uh, the easiest way to categorize it. Honestly, is it's a walking simulator, uh, and what that really entails is that it is a uh, more or less a point and click adve- uh, adventure, um, except you don't really point and click so much as you kind of make your way through a environment and um and then you know let a story unfold in front of you as you play and whatnot so um the story in this is what really fucking just got me uh because the gameplay itself as is the case with most walking simulators isn't exactly the most engaging thing in the world uh it's not that it's bad per se it's just that there are definitely more engaging or simulating would be probably the better way to put it there are definitely more stimulating uh, games to play um, and yeah so uh, the story is basically you arrive home and it you have been gone away 
uh, I think you're on studying abroad, I think is, is the premise. Um, I might have that wrong, but, uh, you come home and you're, um, you come home to your family house and all of your family is gone and you don't have really any clue what's, what's going on. All the lights are turned out. Like, no one's answering your calls, whatever. And then you kind of go around and you pick up these sort of audio logs that are coming from your uh, your teenage sister. And these audio logs are in the form of notes. And, like, they're, they're notes, but they're being read by, like, as if they're audio logs or what have you. And um, they tell the story of this young girl growing up in Portland and realizing that she's a lesbian and kind of falling in love for the first time and, and getting her, her taste of like what, what love is at a young age. And it is one of the most affecting stories I have ever played like ever just straight up it is beautiful the way that it is told like the from the perspectives of everyone involved it is just it's it's both heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time which i don't you know i kind kind of don't know why that's even possible but it is and it just it works man everything about the game works even the little like it, there's like stories told not even through the audio logs but like through little details like you you know that the the girl's dad is a uh, is an author or at least a wannabe author and he's working on a sort of like comeback book and um, you see throughout the house these boxes of his latest manuscript and you get the story based on that that you know the book didn't sell but then when you go even like further into it like there are there is the uh the dad's office that kind of like shows that um you know yeah the book didn't sell and that that really sucked or whatever but like he started to develop alcoholism because of it and it's like what the fuck man like this is just it is heart wrenching the stuff that they have to, that they go through to uh, like, I don't know, get through life. And it is just a very, very special story and a very, very special game. Um, I, I fucking love, uh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, you think it's so like profound just because it's because of how relatable it is? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's probably where I would go with it. I, I would say that, like, even though I'm not, you know, a lesbian growing up in the '90s, like it affected me. And right, but I mean, just like real world issues and stuff. Yeah, like that. Like, yeah, exactly. Alcoholism and stuff like exactly. that. Right. That's crazy, man. This this is not the first time I've heard of it from you, obviously, but every time you can hear it, like just how much it actually impacted you. 
Yeah, yeah sounds really it, wonderful. There's a um, there's a sequence at the end of the game that is. Um, how, how do I want to put this? Uh, I don't want to give anything away. There, there's a sequence at the end of the game where I thought for sure something was coming that didn't actually end up coming, and I was terrified like absolutely terrified and like i said it it didn't end up happening um but the ending is so beautiful that like i kind of forgot that i had a fear of of this thing happening and i ended up just crying for for two reasons one because again it is is deeply affecting but two because the thing that I just knew for a fact was about to happen didn't happen. And the f- that f- not happening, like, made me so goddamn happy. Uh, yeah. I, great game. Really, really fucking great game. Oh, yeah. So, I think that's it, I guess. Uh, you know, Austin doesn't play any games, so. I don't. <laughs> I save my money for big budget games that I also don't play. <laughs> That's true. He's not wrong. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into those big budget games. I'm just kidding. Because um, you don't have anything down for what you've been playing this week. I assume you haven't been playing anything. I haven't. I honestly haven't. Um, I uh, I've been playing more of that uh, Digimon World. Uh, 3DS game. I put mm-hmm. like 10 hours into that, but fuck, dude. I don't even think I'm going to finish that game, so I didn't even bother bringing it up. That shit's getting on my nerves so goddamn bad. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Like, no, you know what? Fuck it. I didn't put it down, but I'm going to talk about it because it's like 10 minutes. Are you okay with that? Yeah, fuck it. Okay, cool. Fuck it. Throw everything off. Um, I think it's really fucking stupid to not only... So, like, I get it. They want you to figure this shit out. They don't want to tell you... uh, The game does not tell you any Digivolution requirements through any line whatsoever until you have already locked that specific evolution. Um, And to my... From what I found, there's no hints anywhere. Like, there's nothing you can acquire that, like, kind of gives you a hint. Like, maybe one out of uh, uh, all five stat requirements or, or shit like that. Cause like the PS4, uh, Digimon world game does that. It doesn't tell you, but as you do certain things, you unlock hints that help you kind of figure out what it is and what stats you need. Uh, to my knowledge that I've found so far, this game does not even fucking do that. Um, and then it decides to take specific evolutions and lock them behind side quests that you'll never find if you don't know what you're looking for. And I think that's really fucking stupid. Um, I like I understand wanting players to find it for themselves and and like figure it out and like not hold their hand. I get that. That's cool. But at, at least give some form of meaning or like some way to find those things in game without just having to go online and just look it up from people who have already figured it out. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't know that I'm going to finish that game. I might. Who knows? Depends on how bored I get. You're probably going to. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. We'll what, see. What did you... Uh, I mean, I, I know we didn't play a lot, but how are you feeling about Apex right now? 
like, I really enjoyed it yesterday. Um, yeah. I was going to hit you up today to see if you wanted to play, and then I wasted so much time playing Hades. <laughs> That's not wasted time, though. Like, I fully okay. intended to hit you up, and then I was like, fuck, dude, I have cleaning. I have things I have to do that I have not done yet. Um, like, I've been putting off laundry for, like, five fucking days for no reason. Um, I feel that, though. But, uh, yeah, it's super fun, dude. I, I want to play more. If I didn't have to, if I wasn't a fucking idiot, and I don't know why I put vacation in to leave at 12 tomorrow when I have to be in Atlanta at 2, I was like, why didn't I just take the full fucking day? And then I wouldn't even have to be worried about it. Um, yeah. But if it wasn't for that, I would I would be down to stay up and play with you more because I know that's what you're going to fucking do after this. Oh, 100%. Still, I am doing it currently. <laughs> Kind of, it's kind of fun. It's kind of taken over my life. If you haven't figured that out yet, <laughs> what did I? I mean, I don't, dude. I'm so glad that I didn't tell you guys how many hours I played last week when we were recording because I think it was in the teens that I had put into PlayStation, and now I think it's over like 50 or something like that. 50 hours, um, pretty easily, dude. It's. <clears throat> I, would, I don't know if I would be playing it as much if it wasn't for Sabrina. Like, I told you guys last week, like, this is her first chance at really, like, getting to play, like, a, like a first-person shooter competitively. Um, and even at that, like, a battle royale, too. The amount of progress that I've seen her make over the past week has been astounding. Like, like we're holding, like, we're top five every, like, trio game we play, and we're top three every duo game we play. It's fucking great um, to have someone that I can just sit here and play with. But... Um, some of the things that I've started to pick up on, like I knew Apex Legends and Titanfall <clears throat> were connected. Absolutely understood, knew that. I know that's that's the deal. But it's really cool just how many intricacies they put in the game in reference to Titanfall. Um, like I was playing as one of the newer legends called Valkyrie recently, and she's really cool because she has like this jetpack that she can fly around on, and she's essentially a one-man army like she can fire artillery and stuff like that it's crazy but one of her intro quips or whatever that you can get for her like she specifically makes reference to she at one point in time in her life she was a titan pilot and that's just fucking crazy to me like because i'm really curious to see where this goes in the future like they're not shying away from the fact that these two worlds are connected and it's just really cool to see these little bits and pieces come out like that um but I just have so much fun with it because I have fun with games like even anything multiplayer that I play if they also throw in a good bit of lore uh, for in whatever regard right like I mean look at World of Warcraft that says a lot but um like Halo I used to love reading the Halo books and learning about the Spartans and you know Dr. Halsey and everything that you know that took place you know bef before Master Chief and stuff like that I love lore and Apex really delivers that man i'm gonna hopefully pick up a book here soon that is apparently like one of their first and only books regards to lore like has to do with pathfinder i'm not sure but um, i'm having cool. a lot of fun with it man i've not stopped playing truly i have wanted to pick up and put down other games throughout the week but every time that we come home sabrina's like you want to play apex and i'm like yeah <laughs> i do want to play apex as a matter of fact um, and again, I can't iterate how much fun that is just to have that, just to have always have a duo partner. That's a lot of fun. Like, I don't care if we lose fucking 20 games in a row. I don't care. We're having Ooh. fun. We're having a blast. Like, we're working on the battle pass. Like, we're 
really, and I'm not going to say really high up in the battle pass, but there's only three weeks in, and I think, I mean, if you haven't leveled up in an Apex battle pass before, it's not entirely easy because you don't just get experience and, like, level up. You have to unlock, like, challenge stars from completing challenges, and you can get one, two, three, five, or ten, you know, in those variations. And you have to get 10 to level up one time. So this is not like a streamlined battle pass process. They actually make you work for it, which is great because that gives me reason to play. Um, and I'm like high 20s, low 30s right now in the battle pass. Just that's over 300 stars. <laughs> like I'm I'm playing the shit out of it, but it, it's just a lot of fun. Like this is a battle royale that I can keep coming back to and enjoy. I'll play Fortnite. Fine. I'll play it for like a week. I put it down. I play Warzone for a week. I put it down. But Apex just has so much to it, man, that I can't get over. Mm-hmm. Like, so much story and fun. Like, the relationships between the characters. Like, you can hear their dialogue in the game. It's just cool. It feels like I'm playing a battle royale that has a story behind it, and that's what I like. Yeah. That's super awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, that is definitely very cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to try not to talk about it next week because I did it last <laughs> week and this week, so... That's uh, that's how me and Madison were with um, Blackout, and I still think that it's one of the reasons why I love Blackout so much, is just because I we like we kind of had that connection over it. Um, right. We like when she was pregnant with when she was pregnant with August, and had already gone on maternity leave like uh, through I think three weeks before he was born. Um, on all the nights where I didn't have to get up the next day after he put Josie to bed, that's all we would do until like four in the fucking morning. That's super rad, though. And it made me love it so much more. That's um, that's just something that has always made like multiplayer gaming a little bit better is when we can do it together. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember Spellbreak or not, but it was like, it was only around for a short amount of time. Yeah. But she, I still think it's one of the better uh, battle royales to come out with how unique it was. But um, that was one of the, I think that might have been, aside from like one game of Fortnite, that was the first one she picked up. And we played the shit out of that for like its longevity through like its peak period. Um, and for you're like right. It's weeks. like just, I mean, yeah, like a month. I mean, realistically, like it was a month, but um, it, it's just that's always what drives gaming home as having someone to that you care about, like get to experience mm-hmm. the same things and like you get to watch them get better and shit. It's just fun, man. For sure. Hell what yeah. happened with Spellbreak? Did they just, like, give up on that? They abandoned it. Yeah, they they legit abandoned it. Like, it's not even funny when I Damn. say that, but... That sucks. That like, game was cool. Yeah. They have a community on Reddit that's... It's just laughable. Like, the, the devs literally don't give a shit. That's insane. Um, yeah. And it's like, it didn't immediately come out, and it wasn't the next Fortnite. It's because it didn't have any fucking monet- like advertising behind it whatsoever. No, I didn't even know it existed until somebody told me about it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't had know no that it idea what the fuck it was. you told me about it, Austin. Or, <laughs> or Dylan, actually, maybe. Yeah, and it's that's what's sad. It was very unique. It was very fun. You were a fucking magician flying around on a map. Yeah. Like in a battle royale sense and it they, there wasn't guns and grenades it was spells and spell books and different types of bu- fucking I'm getting mad that it's not even around anymore because now I want to play it what's the point <laughs> playing a game that's not supported by its own developers though right that's just crazy yeah. like it, it had so much potential but like they didn't put any effort behind it after launch whatsoever that was the issue Jesus that is uh not exactly what happened with Friday the 13th, but 
the fucking oh, yeah. Friday the 13th at a certain point. And I, I understand they had to fucking kind of drop it because of licensing issues and whatnot. But like, sure. bro, you fucking did your players so goddamn dirty by just fucking dropping it like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and it's like games that are genuinely good, right? Like that yeah. can genuinely have a chance. But and then they're just gone. Like I don't know what proletariat's doing right now. Like outside of Spellbreak, I have no fucking clue what they're doing. But I would be apprehensive to do anything with them going forward in the future. Like you shot yourself in the foot. Like yeah. you discouraged me from purchasing a future product that you bought because of how quickly you abandoned the one thing that you actually put time and effort into. If they made another free to play game, I'd I'd definitely give it a shot, but I wouldn't fucking spend any actual money on a fucking game that they made. Yeah. So sucks, but <clears throat> um Apex is great, so everyone should play that. Also, yeah. just quick little quick little shout out to ourselves. Um if you do play Apex, specifically on PS5, there's a culture bot club that you can join. There is. That currently has two people. <laughs> it's me and Sabrina. <laughs> um, and then Austin, we're trying to get Austin to level 10 so he can join. You gotta be level 10 to join a club, but if you are in there, fucking let's 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 link up, let's play some games, let's make a little culture bot community on Apex. Hell yeah. Let's fucking do it, yo. Fuck yeah. Said the guy I'll join who's probably the club when never I gonna fucking 10. do it. <laughs> yeah. Josh, do you play on PS5? Uh, no, but I can. Let's do it. Damn I just, right, you can. Like I said, I just, I, I never, I never pick up Apex. It's never something that I, I'm like, I want to play Apex Legends. Not, <laughs> Remember not to say when it's bad. we all bad. streamed it and Dylan carried us the whole time and we still lost? Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. Oh. Do you it not like remember that year. happening? Uh, yeah, I do. He said now. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Yes, yes, I definitely remember that. Or were we just gaslighting that. you that it happened? Was this during my Spyro streaming days? Uh, I believe so, yeah. That's why. <laughs> I, I, that was, that was, that was like the highest point of my life. And then now it's just, this is, this is my fucking Lindsay Lohan moment. I'm just nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Do you, uh, you, you guys have watched Arrested Development before, right? No. Nope. Is that the one with Danny DeVito? Yeah, that's... No, that's, that's always sunny. <laughs> oh. I, no, I was really serious. Oh, no. Was... No, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a line that you just reminded me of. It's not quite applicable. I don't know. Anyway, this is fucking stupid. Anyway, Tobias is like, <laughs> this is the height of luxury. And, I don't know, you were just, like, talking about, like, the heights of the your streaming or whatever yeah. and I was like fuck off <laughs> uh, alright well you've already talked about yours yep so I guess uh, I guess it's time for me to talk about my two um, I'll start with Trek to Yomi because it is the thing that I have probably spent the least amount of time uh, playing, uh, but Trek to Yomi came out. It is available on Game Pass for all of those of you who might be interested. Um, I am not as big a fan of this as I had hoped that I would be, uh, which is a little disappointing. The um, the the way that this game looked 
really was one of those things that I was like, oh shit, dude, this fucking looks rad. And it's not that it isn't good per se. It's more that the aesthetics of the game, like how it looks, how it sounds, stuff like that, just far outweigh the actual gameplay. And that's a little bit disappointing. So Trek Yomi is kind of inspired in a very similar way to how, uh, um, what's that game? Our 2020 game of the year. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. So it's, it's very similar to Ghost of Tsushima in that it is, uh, it is very inspired by samurai films of the like fifties, you know, Akira Kurosawa, you know, seven samurai, that, that sort of thing. And, um, so it's with that said that like, the aesthetic that this game carries out 100% fucking nails, like just absolutely fucking destroys that aesthetic. Like it is 100% a Akira Kurosawa movie. Like it is, it is that to a motherfucking T and it is unreal that they got, it to look and sound the way that it does. Because when I say that, like if you were to watch this and watch a, you know, seven samurai or Rashomon or, uh, fucking, um, I mean, what's another Kurosawa film? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on names, but like, um, if you were to watch one of those and then play this game, like you would 100% be like, okay, I'm, I'm playing this movie. Like it is that fucking like similar. And, uh, I'm blown away by that. Like they actually, even to the point that like, this is going to be like, sounds stupid to some people, but like, there's a very like metallic sound to the way those old samurai movies sound like they're very, I've heard the word, uh, tinny used to describe it before. And I mean, that, that is what it is. It's very tinny. And this game fucking has that sound nailed down. It has the sort of like, not quite, black and white the way that you normally think of black and white things being uh it's more of a uh, i don't want to say grayscale but like it's hard to describe but it's it's a very specific sort of black and white uh that it has going for it and um it is fucking just like it like i it is very, very hard for me to not just say that it was ripped from these fucking movies because it just looks and sounds like it was fucking ripped directly from these fucking movies, man. It's unreal. It really is unreal. Um, it's with that said that 
uh, I want to get into the sort of like gameplay and the gameplay is kind of where the, the game loses me. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a platform action game kind of in the same vein as like old, like princes of Persia. Like it's not quite side scrolling, but like it is side scrolling because like I say not quite because like there are parts of the game where like it's not you moving from side to side it's you moving forwards and backwards and like, okay, but it's still like when you say side scrolling, you know what, what you're saying. Right. Um, and, uh, the combat is not particularly fun. It's just sort of, I don't want to say bland. Bland really isn't the right word, but it's, it's sort of, um, almost, it feels like there's not a whole lot to it. Like there, you're just roaming around and you press forward and X for one attack or sorry, not forward, but up and X for one attack and down and X for another attack. There's really not any like variety. You can get combos, but like the combos don't really add much to what you've got going on. Like it's just extra hits for the sake of extra hits almost. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It just, it is very much like a, okay, this is what I'm doing now. I'm pressing X in this direction. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't think that this game is bad. It is just highly disappointing in regards or in, in comparison to what my expectations for the game were. Um, and I know that we've talked before about like managing expectations and stuff like that, but like when, when you see devolver digital on as like a publisher for a game, um, or, or distributor, you kind of have a certain level of, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Expectation. You have a, a certain level of expectations that you feel like is going to be met because it's a fucking devolver game. You know what I mean? And this one for me right now, isn't really meeting that, uh, which is super, again, it's super unfortunate. I, I, really think this game could be excellent and just isn't. So Damn. that's not good. Yeah. Cause I actually like Akira Kurosawa's movies or at least a couple. I can't say that I know all of his movies, but I know seven samurai and I think my favorite's probably Yojimbo. Yeah. Yojimbo is great. Yeah. Um, you had me with that and then you lost me at fuck this game. <laughs> my, my B dog, my B. Yeah. Then uh, I guess I did kind of shoot my load, which I have a tendency to do because I could have broken up your monologue by putting in my monologue, but now you have two monologues. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Okay. We could have had a dialogue. Maybe that's what we're doing now. Maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe. Okay. 
Um, all right. So I started at the show talking about Evil Dead. I'm going to end the show talking about Evil Dead. I ended up picking up Evil Dead the game. Or, yeah, Evil Dead the game. That's what it's called. Um, this is a... Uh, I, I don't want to categorize it as a asymmetrical multiplayer because there is a lot more to it than just the the multiplayer portion there's a full-on like single player mode with missions that will unlock extra characters for you there's collectibles like there it's way more than just a sort of dead by daylight clone which is what i had expected to get out of it um i am digging the fuck out of this game uh it is like i said it is very much a the the multiplayer section of it is very much a sort of dead by daylight um like this is uh you versus like um another player it's a it's a 4v1 type situation but the thing is is like the the 4v1 doesn't really kind of like do the game justice because the one player actually kind of controls like his own little like army. So it feels like you're not playing against one like super intelligent or super strong, um, like enemy you're playing against like at, at, at certain points, it feels like you're playing against like fucking 17, 18, like strong, big strong smart enemies and it gets it fucking gets overwhelming sometimes um i think that the multiplayer side of it is incredibly fucking fun uh i i really think that th- like the multiplayer part of it being so fun kind of saves it from some of the problems it has uh like i don't think that this game is particularly uh well optimized i run into uh um like fucking uh like weird i i don't want to say pop in pop in's not the right term for it but like i run into um fuck what is it like frame rate issues on occasion they're not terrible. Like they're not like the fucking worst frame rate. Um, but like it is noticeable and it's like, Oh, that could have been like worked on a little bit better. Like that, that could have been done in a more, uh, I don't want to say proper, but like it is definitely something that they, they could have and should have worked on, um, before they, they shipped it. Um, I have also noticed that uh, sometimes the animations don't like, you know how in like certain games you can cancel animations like mid, you know, maneuver or whatever to try to like buy yourself some time. That is here. Like you can cancel out of things and like it'll, um, It'll it'll cancel out what you're doing, but the way that it does it is so like uh, 
jerky. Uh, that's the only way I can really describe it. It just, it kind of just is like all of a sudden this thing happens, if that makes sense. Um, so that's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit disheartening because the rest of the game is so good. Um, I think that, so each mission has its own sort of like little, uh, art that goes with it. And the art for, for the, uh, for the missions is fucking beautiful. Like just absolutely stunning artwork. I was kind of blown away. Honestly, the first time I saw it, I was like, I wasn't expecting this. Um, and, uh, the, the missions themselves are actually really like fun and kind of unique. Like they're, uh, I don't want to say unique. That's actually the wrong word for it, but like they're ripped straight from the, from the movies, which I, I was like, Oh, well, isn't that interesting? Like I, I didn't expect them to do that. Um, yeah, I, I, I am, I'm really having a, a blast with this game. I am, I flummoxed. Honestly, I didn't think that it would be as good as it is. It's not without its problems. Uh, like it, it 100% for sure has problems, but those problems are not stopping my enjoyment of the game. So yeah, it's like, I keep watching it on Twitch. Um, just whenever I have a free moment and it looks really good, man. Like the, I'm just going to like real quick graphics are fucking great. Yeah. That's what drew me in initially. Yeah, the like, uh, oh I said, you know, I was talking about the art for like the the in between mission states uh yeah. or like whenever you complete a uh an objective or whatever and like those are objectively beautiful, but I was kind of blown away that this game looks as good as it does. I really did not expect it to to be this good looking uh, it's not yeah. you know fucking the last of us too but f- given its art style and the subject matter i think it looks really yeah. damn good it does and the the levels are full like there's tons of grass and you know trees and stuff like that but like like the on in the in the map or level or whatever with when it when it's raining and you have a flashlight on and it's like lightning in the background and stuff all the lighting in this looks incredible dude yeah dude the the lighting in this game is actually something that uh, like i was blown away by the first like match that i got into i was like mm-hmm. what the fuck like yeah it's good stuff it looks like a lot of fun i not financially viable to buy it right now but um i do want to play it it looks really good josh yeah. what do what do you what do you play this on uh i got it on pc but it's actually um it's a cross play. So mm-hmm. you can get it on any system that you want and, uh, and be able to play it with everybody. So, okay. cause I actually might buy this. It looks kind of cool. It looks great, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I actually, yeah, I, I would personally, uh, I'm, I haven't tried playing it with a controller on PC, 
but I would recommend not playing it on mouse and keyboard because it yeah. makes my fucking hands hurt. <laughs> Dude, I Hades today made my Wait. fucking hands hurt. What do you play Dead by Daylight on? Me? PC? Yeah, Josh. Like I, uh, I play mouse and keyboard. keyboard. It, the, the I mean, I guess this is another complaint. The um, the key bindings on this are a little weird. Like you still move with uh, WASD, but there are certain like um, like when you need to refill your health and and drink like a cola or whatever, uh, you have to uh, hit the number two button, which isn't necessarily hard, but like the way that they have everything set up in close proximity, I have to like make my fingers go in weird directions to to hit exactly what I need to hit and it just gotcha. it feels weird I, I don't like it as much as the way that uh, Dead by Daylights is set up okay hmm. so well GG GG indeed alright well I guess let's get to our uh, our picks of the week and then we can get out of here we be um I'll go ahead and knock mine out. Uh, mine is I I know that I've brought this up or brought him up at least twice on the show before, uh, but is iDub's uh, video uh, getting away with it? This is his third documentary feature, um, and it is about uh, what is that guy's name? Sam. Ah, fuck. Give me just one second. Getting away with it. I dubs. It is Sam Hyde. Sam Hyde. So, um, Sam Hyde is a former. Well, I think he's actually a YouTuber now, uh, but he used to. Um, do sketch comedy with uh, Million Dollar Extreme and they had a show on uh, Adult Swim that if I remember correctly was just called Million Dollar Extreme Presents um, and they got like it was huge like it, it's the exact kind of show you would think is a sketch comedy show on fucking Adult Swim uh, they got really huge but then um, it got uh, canceled after the first season. Um, a lot of the stuff that uh, went on there in in the show was very edgy humor, um, like very edgy humor. And uh, later he um, kind of got a name for himself for uh, being, I guess, like super right wing uh, and what have you. Um, and he claims that it's all just like a prank and blah, 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 blah. Like there, it's a very weird thing. And the documentary goes into a lot of this. Um, but iDubbbz got his start doing the same sort of shit. Very edgy humor, um, you know, using the N word and, and stuff like that. And he is kind of morphed into this 
different thing now. He still does like stuff that he kind of got famous for. Not not that stuff, but like um, he occasionally still does the thing called Content Cop, where he'll go through and like break down like a YouTube channel and how a person is problematic and you know shit like that. But like the stuff that I have kind of latched on recently to, and I'm like. Dude, you could be like a legitimate filmmaker if you wanted to. Are these little documentaries where he goes through and finds these people, specifically these YouTubers, and kind of details them. And this was another one that just it totally hit for me. It's uh, a relatively easy watch. Uh, I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes. It's all on YouTube. Uh, Yeah, I... I would recommend this. I think that it's pretty good. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> what did I put down? I gotta look it up real quick. I'm sorry. You put um, Motionless and White. <clears throat> yeah. Um, mine is a single that just released from Motionless and White called Slaughterhouse. Um, it's off their upcoming album, uh, Score to End the World. And it features the vocal. Uh, it features the lead vocalist from Knocked Loose. I can't remember his name, and my phone just died, otherwise I would look it up. Uh, but this is a really cool fucking track, and I think one of the coolest, uh, or one of the better sounding songs that Motionless has put out in a hot minute, and I didn't expect the sound of Knocked Loose and the overall vibe of Motionless to mix as well as it does, but uh, it's pretty fucking rad. Cool. Uh, mine is just a song called TFB by King Iso. He is a strange music artist, um, really intricate rap, really speedy, and it's over a good beat. This is like a perfect gym song. I recommend it. Check it out. Strange oh, yeah. music. Is that uh, Tech Nine's label? Yes, it is. Mm. And this is one. I'm not going to say newcomers because he's been there a minute, but like this is probably he's probably joined you know much later than after you stop listening to the strange music artists and stuff like that yeah the last kind of stuff that i was listening to was uh around 2018 or so yeah which i don't know when king iso joined it could have been semi closer then but uh good song really sweet sweet all right well um as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pigs, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, and on the YouTubes at Culture Bop. Uh, speaking of that, real quick, I will have a video coming. Uh, I had originally planned for it to come today. Uh, I don't know that it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> Which is a shame because I would have really liked to have gotten it out before the subject matter drops on Friday. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, But that will be coming, I I would expect, at at least within the next, uh, I'd say, probably week or so. Um, It shouldn't take me that much more time to edit, but I don't want to put a timeline out there and then have to push it back again. So... Just be on the look on that uh, lookout for that. Should be coming relatively soon. Uh, I am available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. 
Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzy. Finally, we have the Papa himself. Austin is available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. One thing I forgot to mention. I did the unspeakable act of evil <laughs> that is creating a TikTok. No, you love it, don't you? I have barely touched it. <laughs> <laughs> but if TikTok is the way that you would like to consume some of the content that we have for you, um, you can go to... Let me find what it is. TikTok. It's so unimportant. I didn't even write it in the show notes. Yeah. It is at Culture Pop. So that's what it is. Um, yep. So, yeah, you can go over there. Uh, I haven't posted any videos yet. But if you prefer Instagram, all the Instagram reels will be making their way to TikTok. And vice versa. Anything that I do on TikTok under the Culture Bop moniker will go to the reels. So follow me. Don't follow me. I don't care. I hate TikTok. <laughs> fuck AT&T. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Uh, and finally, if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Bop, then go to patreon.com slash culture bop and toss us a pledge we're offering some very cool perks and once we start hitting our goals even more content will be on its way and i want to make a special shout out or we want to do a special shout out for our patrons uh this was the patron selected topic of the month it's also the last episode of the month where we always shout out our patrons so Shout out to them for making this podcast and all of the other stuff that we do possible. We have Justin, retired raconteur, Ruiz. God, you made that one hard, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> Shareem, Fancy Fuzz Khan, Tani, Glorious God, Solomon, I hate you so much. <laughs> Jeffrey, Inanimate Inmate, Scissor Toe. <laughs> Blake Accidental Assassin Graham Lisa Luxurious Langolier Long God damn bro why <laughs> Sean Misguided Marxist O'Keefe Jr. Ash Bombastic Banjoer Williams um, Dylan Yellow Bellied Youngin Martin and Austin Wonderful Weeb Stevens Thank all of you so much for your patronage, uh, especially Ash Williams. Shout out to Ash. Wonderful, wonderful person. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Uh, that's someone very special to our hearts. Tawny? No. Oh. Well, sort of. No. I don't know. I'm saying things that are going to get me in trouble. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of our show. Do we have anything else that we need to add before we go and toaster baths our 
to toaster baths ourselves? Special guest next week. Be looking for it. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> all right. Well, that was it. Have a good night. That's it. Yep. We're getting out of here. So thank you all for listening. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>